listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening. This is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. I want to thank everyone who's listening tonight, and this will be an awesome show with Sylvia, Rocia Malaga, and Lacey Fior. And our topic tonight is the, imper- the importance of sisterhood during and following abuse. I'd like to remind everyone that our show is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Central on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want a direct link to those services, you can go directly to our, our webpage, cwrtotnetwork.com, and click on the logo for that service. If you'd like to listen to any of my previous shows, go to cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the word menu on the left-hand side, and my name is on the drop-down menu. If at any time you experience a trigger, By this topic, please call the national hotline. And that number, let me give that to you, 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And if you'd like to call in and talk to our guests tonight, we're going to have two of them. We're going to have Sylvia and Lacey. Lacey's going to call in in a little bit. Uh, So we're going to start off with Sylvia. And that number will be 917-889-8078. Before I get to our guests, we're going to have a public service announcement, so we will be right back. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Sylvia. Oh, Sylvia. Oh, no, I know where Sylvia's at. Sylvia, are you with me? Yes. Can you hear me, Shereen? I can. Um, Okay, one thing that this always does, and Shereen forgets every single time, is it goes, puts my guests on hold. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's my fault. It's a, it's a, it's something that happens. (laughs) Okay, so I wanted to introduce Sylvia a little bit. And I met her first um, at a Break the Silence um, retreat, her and Lacey, actually. And I really just loved her relationship, their relationship, uh, Sylvia's and Lacey's. And I thought it was just so very special. And so I've, I asked them about their story, and, and they shared that with me. Now, I want them, and I'm going to start with Sylvia, <clears throat> to share it with you because it's amazing. And it is something that I think everyone should hear. It's not only about sisterhood. It's how they met that is actually very special. You know what, Sylvia, I'm going to turn the time over to you. All right. Um, And uh, I'm just going to say that I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Um, You're good. You're good. We're all good. uh, (laughs) So I I wrote a little, a few paragraphs, otherwise my mind will babble. And uh, so I'm just going to start with uh, my relationship with Cooper. Okay. Um, I started dating him shortly after I turned 18. Um, we hung out very often. Um, he was always wanting to hang out with me or talk to me, and that was very flattering, um, it, you know, that he wanted to spend all this time with me. Uh, shortly after we started dating, he said, I love you, and I remember telling him that I couldn't say that back just yet. That made him really upset and led to a lot of name-calling, followed by crocodile tears and empty apologies, which I bought. Um, it wasn't long before we started living together, and I realized that he seemed to have an addiction to pornography and also liked to watch really violent movies and uh, violent stuff online, uh, some, just some really disturbing things. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, We continued on and off. There were some incidences of pushing and shoving and him trying to keep me from leaving the house when I was upset. He once slapped me in front of everyone at a party because I didn't want to kiss him. Another time he stood over me in the tub threatening to urinate on me because I was stuck on the phone with a friend and this was getting in the way of his birthday sex. 
Another time he was upset when I called him out for being mean to this guy at a gas station who was openly gay. Um, He then on our drive home threw a plate of nachos with hot cheese on me and uh, was driving so fast that I thought he was going to kill us both. He would also blackmail me if I tried to leave the relationship. Um, One time he made his Facebook profile picture, a screenshot of my face uh, in an intimate video that he had made. Um, Much later in the relationship, after having our daughter, I found out he had secretly recorded us having sex without my consent. There were so many degrading, yeah. Um, there were so many degrading and evil things that he did to me. Um, and after each time he would beg me to stay with him and promise with tears in his eyes that he would never do it again. I loved him so much that I kept giving him chances. Also, he chipped, he slowly chipped away at my self-esteem and would tell me that I couldn't do better. And I started to believe him. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm going to describe, um, like a pretty, uh, crazy incident and this might be a little triggering for some sort of warning here um but one night when my roommate happened to be out of town for the night he kept texting me at work asking me if I was really there I sarcastically responded that I was at a bar after him not leaving it alone um he decided to come and spy on me at work when I got into the car he popped up and I saw his face looking at me angrily through the passenger window we got home and he started trying to get me to confess on camera that I was abusive to him That night, he ended up beating me all over my body, suffocating me with a pillow, taking me into the bathroom and forcing me to drink beer to thin my blood so I would die faster. And he told me he was going to kill me and then himself with an X-Acto knife. He had me kneel in the bathroom while he went to the kitchen. I heard him shuffling through drawers and figured he was getting a knife and I booked it out of the bathroom, yelling sorry as I ran out the door because I had not listened and stayed put like he asked me. When the police finally arrived, they had to bust down the bathroom door and found him in the tub, uh, all bloody. I figured he would be in jail for at least a year after doing all of that to me and that I would have time to heal and to um, just get over him. But he was released 45 days later. Um, The state of Washington, where we lived at the time, automatically pressed charges against him and also gave me a five-year order of protection. Um, and I moved back to Montana to be with my mother and he moved back after his release as well. It wasn't long before he was having mutual acquaintances message, uh, message me saying that they didn't know exactly what happened, but that Cooper was really sorry and that he wanted to make amends and get some closure. Eventually I agreed to meet up with him. And of course he was so sorry and convinced me that he wasn't actually going to kill me, but that he just wanted to scare me. He blamed it on the alcohol After that, we kept talking, and shortly after, we conceived our daughter, Maya, which, after having my suspicions that he did it on purpose, Lacey later on confirmed that he had admitted to um, trying to get her pregnant um, as well, and that he had admitted that he did that with me. Um, Sylvia? A year and a half. Yeah. I'm going to, Lacey's calling in. I'm just going to put, I'm just going to have her just listen, okay? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Is she on now? Yeah. Lacey? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I, okay. I put it on mute. <laughs> okay, you know, you're good. Um, Sylvia's still talking right now, and then when hey. she's done, you'll be on. Okay, thanks, girlfriend. Sounds good. So a year and a half after the birth of our daughter, he called me from work saying he was going to jail. I thought he was just joking because he had a twisted sense of humor. Um, but when he got home from work, he showed me some citations. Uh, He told me that he exposed himself uh, in front of a few people and that that's why he was uh, in trouble. Months later, um, after getting my attorney to subpoena all police records in the the valley for custody purposes, I found out that he actually ejaculated on a keno machine and a woman at the grocery store, which was all caught on video, and that he had, had exposed himself to two underage girls at a library. Oh, my gosh. The day, yeah, pretty sick stuff. Um, The following day, I dropped him off at work, and once my doors were locked, I rolled down the window and told him I never wanted to see him again. After that, I had to deal with the nightmare of shared custody and trying to provide the court, or trying to prove to the courts that he was dangerous and should not be allowed near our daughter without professional supervision. 
Uh, family court services allowed his mother, the woman who raised this man, to supervise the visits. I would cry myself to sleep many nights wondering what was going to happen with my daughter. Um, at one point, I suspected that he had done something to her during one of the visits, and the only thing that was done because of that uh, was to move the visits from supervised at his mother's house to be supervised uh, in public. These visits happened frequently at first, but little by little, he stopped showing up um, or canceling the visits. Um, this was when he moved to Missoula to live with his girlfriend at the time. Um, and that's that. And then... Um, I don't know where you want to go next, Shereen, if you want to have Lacey tell her story. Yeah, why don't we do that? Um, Lacey, is this where yeah. you come in? Is this where you come in kind of, like right here? Yeah, I think so. You were the girlfriend up in Missoula? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I, so I'm. do you want me just to go ahead and tell, like, my, yes. my story with him? Okay. Yes, please. So I met him in um, – September of 2014, we were both dragon boat racing, and he, surprisingly, he was working for a nonprofit, and I was serving in AmeriCorps, so I was like, wow, this guy's super cool, and um, I think, of course, he played on that really well, um, but after a day of, sorry, I'm walking a dog, so I just need to preface this with that, um, <laughs> so, so after a day of us um, knowing each other, he asked me to be his girlfriend, and I, I remember just thinking like, oh, that's kind of really, really soon. After a day, <laughs> it was so soon, and I, like my um. Well, you are pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> now my um my therapist was like, your body had all the right like. My body was like, whoa, this is, this is wrong. But um, I agreed to it anyway. And um, so anyway, I was like, whatever, I can just, I'll agree to it. If I don't like him, I'll break up with him, which is a terrible mentality um, when it comes to dating people. So I, um, after two weeks, he talked about moving in together. And I said, no, like, that's not going to happen. And then after three months, he proposed to me. And I actually, I ran away from him. But I then continued to date him. Um, he gave me every red flag you could possibly think of. Um, like the night we met, he started talking about how awful Sylvia was and how abusive she was, um, keeping Maya away from him. And I didn't, I've never experienced anything quite like that before. So I was really sympathetic and, um, you know, listening to him, believing him. And so as time went on, um, you know, of course, things, he escalated quick with me, I think. Um, I noticed the drinking was a problem with him, and he was, you know, once once I move in with you, it'll get better. Once I get a job, it'll get better. Once I get Maya uh -huh. more, it'll be better. And so things, never, those things were happening. We moved in together, and he was, I would come home to him, passed out all the time, um, usually naked with a bottle of vodka or an empty bottle of vodka, and um, there were, he threatened suicide very often, would call me at my job. I was working full-time and part-time, and he was working part-time, then eventually quit, so then I was supporting us both. Um, then I remember one night after he, he threatened, he was threatening to kill himself, and he was cutting his arm with an X-Acto knife, um, and he was bleeding all over the place, and he, our apartment was small, so I couldn't really go to another room and call anyone without him noticing and freaking out. He'd always try to get my phone from me, and um, so then he, he made me film him cutting himself, and he was bleeding all over me. Um, it was it was really bad, but um, so once I realized how bad things were and I needed to leave, I. Um, he took a job up in Kalispell, so about two hours north of where we were in Missoula. And I thought, oh, this is good. Our lease is ending. I can get my own apartment, not put him on the lease, and kind of like work my way out of that relationship, safe, I thought. And then, um, so after I moved in, I was stupid and told him where the apartment was. And he came over, and that's, he, um, so kind of that timeline was, it was the middle of the week. I had to work in the morning. He raped me. He woke me up at like three o'clock in the morning 
and was just like relentless. And I kept telling him, no, no, I have to work early. I don't want to. And, um, and he eventually, he was like pulling me by my ankles when I was crawling off the bed. And, um, and then he put a t-shirt over my face and he did what he had to do apparently. So that was like, kind of like my final straw. And then, um, Oh, I'm so sorry. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's good now. I can talk about it now, obviously, but, um, it was just one of those things where I, at the time, I didn't think it was sexual assault or sexual intercourse without consent. I didn't think it was any of those things until my friends were like, no, that is really messed up. And um, so a few days that weekend, I was telling him, don't come. He went back up to Kalispell. I said, don't come down. Do not come down. I uh, don't want to see you. I need some time. I need space. And so he comes down against my wishes and um, – I was like brainstorming with my friend of how I can safely break up with him. So I had her waiting outside of our old apartment because we were able to cross over with the lease. And so she was outside in her car. I, um, she was outside in her car and I went upstairs, told him I had to be very clear, you know, no gray area with, with him. I said, I, I cannot be in this relationship anymore. I have to end it. I'm ending it right now. And he freaked out on me, gets up and he starfishes the door and wouldn't let me leave. And, um, and I said, you sexually assaulted me the other day. And he starts laughing at me. And, um, and so then he finally, and he's like 20 minutes, just give me 20 minutes. My friend was like, is that how long he needs to manipulate you? And now I'm like, yeah, that's probably what what he was going for. And I just, Mm -hmm. I was at the point where I was like, no, I'm not. I said what I needed to say. And um, I was ready. I, as soon as he moved, I ran out the door. And his last words to me were, you fucking bitch, as I ran down the... Sorry, are we allowed to swear on here? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think we can. Okay, sorry. I, w- I won't do that anymore. Um, I just okay. realized, sorry. <laughs> so he, uh, those were his last words to me. And I didn't look back. I just ran. And, um, and I went in my friend's car. I gave her my phone. I didn't want to be tempted to answer any calls from him. And, uh, and she took me away for the night. And then the next morning I hung out with her. And then in the, the afternoon, really, it was like four o'clock. I went back to my apartment and my, my brand new apartment and I was, um, getting ready to eat a burrito. I remember a burrito and I hear these noises at my window. So keep in mind, this is four o'clock. The sun is out middle of the day. And, um, hear these noises at my window and I realized that he was trying to break in and so I get up, I kind of grab my keys and my phone, thinking of how I can get out of the apartment. And I see his shadow walk by the window. It was so creepy. And um, when he was occupied with one door, I was able to escape my back door, lock it up, and just run down the street. I unfortunately ran away from my car, so, um, but I just kept <laughs> going. And I know, I was like, why did I run this direction? But you don't really think about that when you're no, you running don't. for your life, no. basically. Yeah. And so. No. Um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to oh. say, how long were you in a relationship with him? How long, w- what time frame are we looking at? I was with him just under two years. And so. um, and you met the baby, and the baby yeah, would visit I'm, with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I met Maya probably about four months after we started dating. It was like February of 2015 that I met and her. Did you build a relationship with her? I did. I did. That's yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mhm. Okay. So two years has gone by, and yeah. you're finally away from him. Go ahead. What happened? You ran down the street. This is the good part, actually. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I can ramble too, so you can shut me up. No, I, you're um, good. <laughs> so I was you're running so down cute, the street. Lacey, I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I um, was running down the street, and then I uh, I called the same friend who drove me the the night before, um, or the day before, to safety from him, and said, "Hey, he's trying to break into my apartment." And she goes, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." She's like, "You are calling nine one one." And I hesitated. Like this man was trying to break into my apartment. Didn't knock to see if I was home. Nothing. I just, right. um, right. um, 
so, you know, come on. And so, uh, so I, I hesitated, but I did call. I did call 911, and they were. I said, I think it's my ex that's um, that's trying to break in, and um, and they said, okay, we'll send someone right over. And in the meantime, my friend was coming to pick me up, and then eventually, they, you know, they scoped it out and they arrested him. I found out he had a, an unsheathed kitchen knife. That's what the police report says, an unsheathed kitchen knife that he was using to break into my apartment. And um, I don't know what he would have done if I, you know, if he had gotten in or saw me running out, which was really scary. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and then he was he was inebriated, is what they said in the report, too. He gave a fake name to the cops. But anyway, I... Uh, so that happened, and um, I, I got a lifetime order of protection within a couple of days. So then, wait, is this in Montana? Of, yeah, this is Montana. And they give a lifetime order of protection. Yeah, well, it's seventy-five years, but they call it my order of protection will outlive me. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a lifetime. Yeah, I, he didn't That's show, awesome. which I thought he. Yeah, he was in jail at the time, so I thought he would go just to, like, mess with me or get out of jail or something to do. But he didn't show, which was surprising. Um, and that's why the judge was like, I'm going to give you lifetime. If you need to change it, let me know. But um, I said, nope, I will not be changing this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was June 16th of 2016. And then on July 4th of 2016, so, like, less than a month later, that's when I decided to reach out to Sylvia because I was still just kind of in this state of shock. Like, is okay. this what my life is right now? Yeah. Lacey, let me ask Sylvia a question. Sylvia, you were going to yeah. talk a little bit about um, possibly reaching out to Lacey, but what happened there? Go ahead and read that. Um, well, yeah. So I wanted to contact her. Um, you know, I would see her during the visit exchanges uh, with my daughter and uh, I, you know, I, I, had that like, you know, anxiety, like, should I do it? Should I do it? And I, I never did. Um, I wrote, I don't think I ever told her this, but I did write like a couple messages. I typed them out before I blocked her on Facebook. Um, and I just never, you know, had the guts to hit send. Um, and uh, I just, I knew that he, you know, was telling her that I was the abusive one, that I was crazy, that I was a liar. Um, and so I didn't know if she would believe me. And then I also, like, it wasn't just me anymore. I had my daughter. So um, I was also worried that if I said something and then, you know, Cooper blamed me for the end of his new beautiful relationship, that he would later seek revenge against me. And uh, so I just bit my tongue um, and just kind of let things go. Yeah. Lacey, would you have listened to her or what what do you think? I'm sorry, what was the question? I just had to unmute myself. That's okay. Um would you have listened to her if she would have um told you that he was abusive? You know, I I thought a lot about that and I don't I'd like to think that I would, but I really don't think I would have. Um Right. Cause he and it wasn't just me that he had you know, fooled with everything. It was his coworkers who were my friends, right? Too. And so we all felt sorry for him. And right, um, and they're good at that. Like, just so you know, they're really good at that. Oh, they are definitely. And so now, yeah. Let me let me share something with you that I always tell people when I'm asked this question: Should I tell the the next? party and I say absolutely and the reason for that is because it will always be in the back of their mind that this was actually said so they're going to start looking for little red flags right but they're not going to believe them at first because they're crazy the other woman's crazy you know I I can't tell you how many ex-wives my husband had before me that you know I'm sure he I know he told me they were crazy and you know and and so forth everything was all their fault and so the, you will always have it in the back of your mind, so I always say, yes, go ahead. You need to tell her. She will not believe you. Don't worry about it. It will be in the back of her mind, and she will start seeing the signs sooner. That's my hypothesis, but 
I think sometimes, even though you don't believe them, I, I do think that you might start seeing stuff a little sooner. What are your thoughts on that? Both of you ladies. Yeah. Um, um, I, oh, go ahead, Lacey. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I, I, I think definitely take your time and think about it and think about, you know, all the possible outcomes. If I didn't have a daughter, um, yeah. I may have said something, but because of that, I just, and I was dealing with custody stuff. So I just didn't want that to get in the way of anything and him, right. you know, telling the courts that I was trying to sabotage his relationship and that I had it out for him or anything like that. Right. Um, so I just have to be really careful, but I think, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're unsure, maybe talk to like a, a counselor about it and see what they have to say. I think every, every situation is different. Um, yeah. And maybe also okay. a lawyer actually, cause you were dealing with legal issues, right? Yeah. And yeah, a child's safety too. was at risk in this situation as well. So that mm-hmm. is something to consider, absolutely, because he was very physically volatile towards you. Mm-hmm. Lacey, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, like Sylvia said, just take, you have to take a lot of things into consideration, and um, and it like and like you said too, you have to, if you tell them it plants something in there, and then it could um, it could realize things sooner. Um, and maybe confirm things too. Um, cause I mean, I noticed things pretty soon, but I ignored them. And, and I, there's a part of the story. I, it's really small and kind of pertains to this. I offered to him when I started seeing Maya, I said, do you want to ask Sylvia if she wants to meet me? Because I'm around her daughter and I think she would want to know who was hanging around her daughter. And he said, I'll ask her, but she won't want to, she doesn't care. And, um, <laughs> And I was, I was, I remember thinking, like, what kind of response is that? Like, I really don't think that's true. But I couldn't, I just felt like I wasn't in a position to question anything, really. But, um, and now I know, had he said, yeah, sure, I'll ask her, and you guys can have coffee sometime, um, he was terrified of me meeting her. Right. Yeah. They they prefer that you don't. but yeah, and he what? would like bring bring her. Yet yeah, he would bring you to the exchanges. Like I think he also like wanted us to be jealous of each other. Like I mm-hmm. think he wanted to show off his new girlfriend in front of me. Like there was no reason that he had to bring you to the exchange. Like you could have stayed in the car. But like I'm sure he was like, oh, come with me, you know. And mm-hmm. like, um, so I think he was just trying to kind of make us not like each other from the beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> Was there a time that you guys didn't like each other? I mean, you were pretty much past him, weren't you, Sylvia? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I definitely like, you know, never wanted to get back together with him. I the only time I toyed with the idea is if he ever had to have unsupervised time with my daughter. I was like, I don't know what I would do, but I could see myself like maybe getting back together because at least then I could be around to protect her. Right. Um, which luckily it never came to that point and I never had to like make that decision and hopefully I wouldn't have done that anyway. But um I I was I, I I was very I guess I was resentful towards him and and Lacey. Um I remember seeing pictures of Lacey with Maya on uh on social media and I was like, Dang it, like she's gonna try to like I know Cooper's telling her that I'm abusive, so she's gonna like, you know, try to get custody of Maya to like save her because she thinks that that's the right thing to do um you know or Maya's gonna love her more than me or whatever start calling her mom um which didn't happen I I think Cooper tried to make that happen but I don't think Lacey was comfortable with that um and then um yeah I was also just kind of pissed off that it seemed like he had moved on and I was still you know left to pick up the pieces of you know the mess that he had created and it just kind of felt unfair and yeah I was I was definitely a little bitter about the situation (laughs) but um, my mom told me you know don't they always make it look like things are uh, better now things are so much better that I'm not with you I'm with this girl right like I would see things on 
Can I share something real quick? It was really yes. funny. The, yes. the girl after me on my ex-husband, um, I don't I don't know if he's still with her. I, I really don't care. But um, I did notice on, on her Facebook she had a picture of him, her, his best friend, and his best friend's wife. And I thought to myself, knowing that he slept with his best friend's wife, I felt like saying, I wonder if his girlfriend knows how many people in that picture he slept with. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But anyway, sorry, yeah. I had to share that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, oh, I, I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, okay. You know what? This is a good time because we need to go to a public service announcement, ladies, and then I'll be we'll be right back. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall <coughs> of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. This is Shereen Rice on Making a Difference About Domestic Violence, and I'm talking to Sylvia and Lacey, and um, they just shared their stories with us. And so we're going to move on to... Um, how you developed your relationship? How did you get together and start talking and so forth? Um, I, I guess I'll uh, just share a little bit. Um, so yeah, so Lacey contacted me, and um, I, I can't remember how long it was after that. Do you remember Lacey? Like after you contacted me, that you had your court date, or for the. Uh, order of protection. Um, I contacted you on July 4th, and my hearing was on the 7th, so a couple days after. Okay. Yeah, so after, you know, talking to Lacey and hearing her story, um, I really wanted to go down and meet her, and uh, she had her hearing, and I thought I would go um, just to support and testify if I needed to. Um, And so I drove down there with Maya, and uh, we met, and at first, like, all we really talked about was uh, just the the relationship and our experience and stuff, um, because there was just so much, you know, that, that had happened to the both of us that we wanted to share, and um, yeah. kind of like, you know, it, it sucks that that's, that that's how we met, and, you know, that that's something that we bonded over, but um, that's just how it was, you know, like, I... I I knew that I could believe her a hundred percent. I knew that she believed me a hundred percent because we both experienced the same stuff. And didn't you um, find that validating? So that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he was, you know, he was talking so much crap about me um, and, you know, saying all these lies, posting things on social media with my name attached to them that were not true mm-hmm. or that were right. partially true, you know, twisted twisting yeah, uh, things, yeah, rewriting part. history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they rewrite history, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah that yeah. one thing happened, but <laughs> not yeah, the way you're a, describing. There's a, there's a thread there that's true, but everything around the thread is not. <laughs> right. So, I know, I know. You know, I, yeah, and like being in a small town, I was, I was constantly like worried, you know, people – and some people like thought, you know, that I they would ask me like, so do you let him see her? Like, you should let him see her. That it's the father. Like, or you guys need to co-parent better or whatever. Like, 
you know. Um, and uh, so it was nice to have Lacey validate me. Like I, I felt less crazy because, you know, sometimes you start doubting yourself. Like maybe I did right. deserve this. Maybe I did bring this onto myself or yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's how they are always, and they've always been that way, they'll be that way with the next person and the next person and the next person and so forth, yeah. So, Lacey, um, how about uh, you? How did you um, perceive, uh, what what made you want to call Sylvia? You know, I remember feeling, um, like, I, I have such an amazing support system, so I'm, I'm definitely not discrediting that, but I just, I still felt so alone after yeah. um after everything happened and I knew she was just two hours north of me and um and I thought, what do I have to lose if I reach out to her? The worst that would happen is she could say, No, I don't want to talk to you. Um so I did and um I, I think that validation is kind of maybe what I was looking for too and because I knew at that point I knew everything he told me was a lie. And um so, yes, I just decided to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and share with us, um, because I think that the connection that you guys is so very special, but share with everybody how the sisterhood that you guys have developed, how that has helped you heal. I think, um, I mean, starting our relationship, Sylvia and I, um, again, that validating piece and, um, and like Sylvia said, you know, you start to doubt yourself and it just kind of eliminates that and puts it at ease. Um, and then, and for me with Maya, cause I met her of course, when I was with him and the, you know, you get attached to these, to these little people and you want to keep yeah. them in your life. <laughs> and, and it was so hard to think that I would never see her again. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And then, so then that piece too, um, building my relationship with Maya and then, um, and I mean, even when I connected with Sylvia, I didn't know that I was going to, that our relationship would turn into this, um, which is so amazing. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And then it's always uh, yeah, like, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then like, even to this day, like if I'm having a bad day or, if I'm triggered by something, you know, I can just text Sylvia or call her real quick and just be like, oh, my gosh, blah, 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 and she just gets it. I don't have to explain anything or justify anything right. or, you know, and it's, right. it's just comforting. That's good. And Sylvia? Um, How has the yeah, healing I mean, helped you, the sisterhood? How has that helped you? Oh man, um, it's helped me so so much. Um, I I guess the biggest the biggest part that that I love about our story um, is just her love for Maya, and um, you know she she cares about Maya. She cares about her future, about her safety. Um, she visits us. You know they've like skyped together. We've spent Christmas uh-huh. together. Um, uh, she came to one of Maya's dance recitals. Um, she's just she's been there for Maya, like when you know other people who are actually family and blood related have not. So it's just awesome to see somebody love love my child, and um, you know we we call her Auntie Lacey. Um, <laughs> Auntie Lacey, because she's yeah, like cute. family. <laughs> yeah, and. And I saw your relationship when we were at the retreat. And I have to say, you guys seem like your best friends, that you're almost inseparable. I'm surprised you leave, live two <laughs> hours apart. And um, I I'm think it's amazing. I'm actually contemplating moving closer to her. Oh, good. Well, you know what? I think it would be helpful personally. What What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think Maya would definitely love it. And, uh, I, 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 yeah, I just... I get along really well with her. We have like, I feel like we have a lot of things in common and, um, and we're just both like weirdos. So we have, a, <laughs> we have a fun time whenever we're together. 
Um, you are so cute together. It's just, it's just a, so sweet and so such a, a beautiful relationship. You know what I mean? And I just loved it. I thought, oh my gosh, how sweet is that? And look where it came from. It derived out of evil, basically, and hatred, and not for each other, but in a situation where it brought you both together. Right. And I think, you know, the part of the reason why we get along, like, you know, abusers know who they're picking. They're picking, you know, I feel like very empathetic women, women, and I think I might be a little too empathetic. (laughs) Um, And Lacey, you know, she's, she, you know, does uh, volunteer work and she's just a very kind person. She's vegan, like for, um, uh, what's the word? Ethical reason. So she, you know, she's like, you know, a a good human being and loves animals and loves children. And um, I think because we're both that way that we get along with each other and like, there's, there's never been any like, jealousy or anything with us like we're really supportive of each other and we talk each other up so much and I always joke with her that if if we were lesbian then we would have to be a couple (laughs) (laughs) how funny okay so my question is this is um now have either one of you gotten into any relationships following this relationship with this guy um, I did. I uh, I dated somebody for a couple of years. Um, this was maybe, I want to say a year and a half-ish after I ended the relationship with Cooper. And it was a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Um, I I mean, I think, I mean, we definitely had like, some of our issues but for the most part like we got along really well like we never you know got into any uh fights or anything there was never anything physical um I I was always like this is weird like you know I was always like shocked at his at his not or I guess the way he would not react to certain things whereas Cooper would have reacted in a very volatile way Mm -hmm. um and, I, you know, I could talk to him about stuff and, you know, um, yeah, it was just, it was completely different. And before Cooper, I hadn't dated anyone. So it was, right. it, was it was hard to, it was hard to know what a healthy relationship was. Um, I think I was, you know, my relationship uh, models that I had growing up weren't the healthiest either. So um, I just didn't know what what a healthy relationship uh, was. Look like, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, having uh, gone through that uh, violent relationship and very toxic relationship that all of my relationships will be affected, and I know that it affected my relationship with my most current ex, um, and we're still friends, and it's it's just interesting, like, I guess you you know that someone's normal when like you can be friends with them and it's not a big deal. Like with Cooper, right. it was like you're either with me or I'm gonna make your life hell. Right, right. And so, where are you going on with your life after this? It, you're you're considering moving up or down, or are you up or down? Out of Missoula, <laughs> or is it up to Missoula? <laughs> It would be down to Missoula. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of at a place with my in my life where I'm making a lot of changes, and I Good. have lots of ideas of what I want to do. Um, I've kind of felt like I was a little stagnant for a while, um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I just need to think about it a little more carefully. But yeah, I mean that's definitely an option. And Lacey's been so kind and supportive. She's she was like, well, if you move here, you know, I, I can help babysit. If you want to go to school, like, oh. I can pick her up. from. Um, Are you thinking of going to school? I'm thinking about it. I signed up for a doula training a while ago, and uh, right now I kind of want to finish that. I'm leaning more towards that, but I also have thought about just going back to, like, maybe take a few classes at the community college and then transfer, but we'll see. I 
like I said, I still haven't made any decisions and lots of changes are happening right now. <laughs> okay. What kind of training? I'm sorry. I missed it. Oh, uh, do, uh, doula. What is that? A doula is someone who supports a woman through pregnancy, during labor, and postpartum. Oh, yes, yes, yes. not a medically trained person, so it's not like, you know, there's a difference between the doula and the midwife. The the Uh doula is just there for support and education. Um, Oh, good. And it's just something I I have felt called to, but, you know, with the trauma um, and the anxiety of going through court and everything, um, I just kind of put that on the back burner because I couldn't concentrate. I was constantly just in a state of panic and anxiety. And Right. Um, and so are you talking about your court or are you talking about Lacey's court? Um, just ours with, like, the family court, you know, custody stuff. Yeah. And he was in for 45 days. Um, Lacey, uh, same question. How, did you take him to court? Did they arrest him? Did they, oh, yeah. did they, he spend time in jail? Yeah, he, so quick timeline. He was in and out of jail from July of 2016, or, sorry, June of 2016 to December of 2016. Um, he was put on GPS tracking, cut it off at one point. I was running and hiding out of the friend's house. Um, oh, no. So it was a really stressful six months. And I decided, I told my whole story. I met with a detective, and she said, we can press charges for the sexual intercourse without consent, criminal mischief, and criminal trespassing. And so I said, yeah, you have the information. Go ahead and, um, you know, do, your, do what you need to do. And so then December of 2016 is when they arrested him, and he's been in jail ever since. And then actually May 11th, he had his um, – his sentencing. So he has 15 years with him suspended and he was just sent to prison like a week ago. So, Oh, good. So he has, uh, at least five or 15. What was that? So he'll, it's 15 years with 10 suspended. So he'll serve three and a half to five years. That depends on his ability to complete sex offender treatment, which I'm not very hopeful (laughs) that he can complete that. And then he'll be, (laughs) once he's out, um, he'll be on probation under the Department of Corrections for 15 or 10 10 years added on to that. So my main drive to to press charges was to keep Maya from him. And now I'm like, Maya is going to be probably almost 20 when he's out, when he's off probation. So that takes her into adulthood. Which was good, yes. Yeah, and now tell me, why did they suspend 10? I don't know. He also was um, arrested for child pornography. So it was a unique case where it was my charges plus the child pornography charges. Um, And so they kind of lumped it together. And the maximum sentence you can get for child pornography is 10 years, which I thought was kind of absurd. Um, Yeah. And, and it were, they were images, and so I guess because there weren't any, like, direct victims, um, which is awful, like, so anyway, that's they landed. It was a plea agreement, too, so we didn't actually go to trial, um, which I, I didn't want it to go to trial. But anyway, that's what we agreed on. And so I thought, okay, he's locked up for at least at least three and a half more years. And, uh-huh. um, and he's charged. He has to be a registered sex offender for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> excellent. Yeah. So, and that just started in December, correct? He's been in jail since December of 2016, and then sentencing was just like a couple, like two weeks ago. Okay. So, so, so he has one more year. He has um, about three and a half more years in prison. He was just about oh, three and a half. Okay. Yeah. And they counted the two that he was in. He's yeah, been in right, or one and a, one and a half, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I requ- I requested to have it start to start the clock over, but they didn't go for it. So <laughs> I thought it's worth a shot, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's worth a shot. Well, and I I, I mean, think that's awesome, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's a dangerous person. I'm not doing this out of sight, you know. That's what I right. He is a dangerous person. Yeah, I mean, his history alone, and then to add 
the child pornography, the sexual intercourse without consent, trying to break into my apartment with a knife. Like, he's not safe out in the community to himself or other people. So. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And the scary part about that is he was uh, child pornography and he has a child. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea that you guys are, would be together, you know, and, and so forth. Um, Lacey, what are you doing with your life? How have you healed and how are you moving forward? Yeah, I, um, so since leaving him, I, I became a pound pro instructor. So it's that drumming inspired class. I, um, I work at an all women's health and fitness center, which he was he was livid when I started working there, but um, that was my only escape from him. So after yeah. I left, I just kind of like got into the fitness world more. And so I'm an instructor and then I am also a personal trainer. I got my personal trainer certification. I'm at the university. I, um, I train at the university of Montana. And awesome. um, so I, stay, yeah, I stay really busy with that. And I, um, I'm helping people and it's nice because I, I feel like I'm, I'm, potentially helping people the way I was helped when I was able to go to a class and just like just kind of forget everything that was going on in my life and be present in that class for like the hour or hour and a half I was there you know and um and I have some things in the works now that's still very very fresh um with my with my um fitness education and and everything so um yeah, I'm just keeping things moving, and and like Sylvia mentioned, she's was feeling stagnant, and that's how I was feeling too, and um, so yeah, just trying to progress and figure out what's next, um, you know, career-wise. And I actually did just start dating someone, the first person I've really dated since him, since Cooper, and um, it is it's it's weird because he doesn't talk bad about his ex. <laughs> Um, and he doesn't make me drink when I want to drink, and when wow. I want to sleep, he lets me sleep, and I'm just like, so it's and a healthy he has, relationship. Awesome. So far, so good. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I was telling Shireen before the show how, um, how, like, kind of how difficult it is to date after that. And, you know, even though the person is showing you that they are normal (laughs) or, you know, that they're not going to hurt you, like you still have that in the back of your mind sometimes. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's something that, I mean, maybe it will get better, but I think it's something that will carry on to our future relationships. Um, But at the same time, like we are more aware of, you know, the red flags um, and uh, just all that weird stuff that they do in the beginning of the relationship. So I think, um, you know, we, we've we got that going for us at least. Yeah. I recently read um, the book, The Gift of Fear. And, yes. Um, I love that book. Yeah. It's so good. And so I'm learning to listen more to my body because my Your body, body. Was- screaming at me when I was with Cooper you know I was running away from him when he proposed and not and I love that you said that yes yeah and so um yeah and so like when I'm when I'm around not even just people I'm dating but like friends or not friends like new people I'm just like okay what is my body telling me you know and so yeah it's such a good book I recommend it to everyone I would too, you know, and I really think that they should actually teach that in high schools because I, you know, why should I have waited this long in life to learn that already? <laughs> I've never mm-hmm. learned that. And I, it's so good. You do. And, and there are times where literally I would just start shaking or crying. I didn't know why. It's because your body is telling you, uh, no, this guy mm-hmm. is bad news. And and you just it's your body knows what your head doesn't. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And my my favorite sentence in that book was um, always remember no is a complete sentence. And um, yeah, that's just me. So (laughs) yeah, no is a complete sentence. I love that. That's true. Mm 
Okay, um, a question um, for both of you. Uh, do you both recommend that exes of abusers should meet? Why or why not? Um, I, like I said earlier, I, I think you have to be careful about reaching out to the current uh, partner of your abusive ex. Um, I, I don't think it's always a, a I don't think it's black or white, you know. Um, yeah. But I think, I don't know, I think something really beautiful can come out of it. And, uh, you know, you'll feel validated. You'll feel understood. Um, and, you know, like Lacey and I have, you know, she's helped me in court. I've, you know, gone with her. I wasn't really needed in court. But, I, you know, if I if I was needed, I would have definitely testified and um, we've just kind of helped each other and I think you know people are more likely to believe us now and believe me now because there's somebody else who shares my story so I have more credibility now and you know together we took action and um, you know especially Lacey with you know filing or uh, doing her report uh, for the rape uh, which, you know, is keeping Maya safe and is keeping other people safe. So I think if you guys yeah. can, like, work together and put your egos aside, like, oh, she slept with my ex or whatever, like, you know, just get over that. And, uh, um, you know, you guys, uh, I guess, both have an enemy in common and might as well, like, <laughs> work together to make sure that she doesn't hurt anyone else. Yeah. Lacey, how about you? What are your thoughts? You know, I um, I didn't realize how um, special and unique our relationship is. And I don't know, part of me just wants to be like, go for it, reach out, you know. But um, you just you have to be careful with how you do it. And it's not always going to work out this well, you know. Um, I think Sylvia and I both are really lucky with how everything turned out. And, and I think even if the timeline was different, if I had reached out to her while I was still with him or, um, you know, who knows how she would have responded, like, oh, she's still with him and she's reaching out to me. Um, I think, Sylvia, correct me if I'm wrong, but you thought that I was, um, that Cooper, like, you had a thought that, like, he put me up to reaching out to you to come down to Missoula or something. Right? Yeah, I, I actually was really paranoid on my drive. And I, one of my friends had told me, like, oh, I think I saw Lacey and Cooper. This was way before uh, I drove to meet you. Um, I think I saw them, and they were, and I was like, oh, what kind of car, you know, just so I can watch out. Um, so I was always, you know, trying to make sure he wasn't around me. Um, and she said it was a Subaru, which I know you didn't drive a Subaru, so I don't know if, like, you guys were in someone else's car or if she just thought she saw you guys. But um, on my drive to Missoula, I saw a Subaru behind me, and I was like, is that them? Like, are they trying to kill me? <laughs> like, did Cooper, like, you know, hold Lacey at gunpoint and say, like, you need to get her to come here so that I can kill her? And, you know, I just had all these crazy thoughts going through my mind. Um, and I, my mom was really scared when I told her that I was going to go meet Lacey. Um, she said, you know, be careful and, you, you know, you don't know her and um, she might seem nice, but maybe she's, you know, in cahoots with him or whatever. So, well, and you know what, um, Sylvia, your thoughts are actually normal, just so you know. That's normal how <laughs> abused victims feel. And then, you know, he totally could have manipulated Lacey without her even knowing it. I've seen that happen as well. And you're like, what? I wasn't signing up for this, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And he could have duped her and said, hey, you know what, I want to see my baby and help me to do that. And then kill you and then she's a conspirator and she doesn't even know it but um yeah so Lacey did you call her or text her or email her or how did you get in contact with her yeah so how that happened was um I went to find her on Facebook and I couldn't find her and I was like <laughs> I know she has I know she has Facebook and so I had to so I, um, I, I have a friend uh, up in the Flathead, too, or up in Kalispell, and she, uh, 
I said, hey, can you do you can you find Sylvia on Facebook? And she said, yeah, I see her right here. I said, can you just, like reach out to her and let her know that I really want to talk to her, give her my number, um, and let her know that like Cooper is in jail. Like I just want to chat with her, you know. And so Melissa did, and. Melissa got back to me. I felt like it was really soon and was like, here's Sylvia's number. She said to call her at this time or, you know, after this time. And um, I was so nervous. I remember I, was, I had the day off. It was July 4th. And I was walking around downtown Missoula. And I um, was just pacing all over the city. And so I called her. <laughs> me and, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I, every time I walk past a certain spot, I'm like, this is where I first talk to Sylvia and um yeah and so then she we talked and um it was a couple of hours I think that we were on the phone and we cried together and um and just like it was just so there were I there was just no question for me you know after talking with her like yeah I, I did not make any of this up and um right and he lied about everything she said and she's not this horrible person like she's Super awesome. Right. So Well, you know what? I'm one more time, Lacey. I don't want your head to get too big. (laughs) I think I love your relationship. I have to say that. Uh, when I see you guys together, it's like I said, it's like you guys are best friends, like your sisters forever. You know, it's it's just a, it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I would love to see more exes meet and validate each other and get together and talk about and and heal. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of healing, don't you? Mhm. Yeah. And I know, absolutely. I recognize it's not for everyone, you know. Um but I I don't know. I see what you guys have and I I just so think that I think everyone should have that. I think it I don't know why it wouldn't be healing, but it might not be. It might be triggering for some, of course. Um, But I I just think it's so beautiful, and I just love it. And so that's why I wanted to bring you guys on today, because you have something I've really never seen before, and I'd love to see more of. And that's where exes of abusers together and talk so they can validate each other they can have some healing and um and i love that she that sylvia went to i guarantee you he was crawling in his uh, he wanted to crawl under the table when he saw sylvia walk in and and hang out with lacy yeah i'm sure it bugs them (laughs) i'm sure it bugs them and um yeah, I mean, I don't, I really don't care what he thinks anymore. Right, right, and, right. Uh, right. But, I mean, it is a little satisfying to know that it bugs them, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest. But um, I just wanted to add, like, um, kind of, like, another important uh, part of why it's it's been healing for us is because I don't think I had really shared my story like on social media or been so open about it until after I met Lacey and connected with her. And I, I, I don't know, I think it's kind of the same with Lacey. Like she, maybe she talked to some friends, but you know, we've posted some stuff on social media um, about our experiences and, you know, just, you know, break the silence you know and yeah the secrecy, the be open about it and uh it has helped us be more comfortable in expressing ourselves because we have each other to to support and you know if I post something um on Facebook she's going to go on there and you know uh or I can tag we like we've tagged each other in a few posts so it's not just me saying it and just my word it's both of us together um right which has really helped I think with the healing process because I'd, I'd I went from feeling very ashamed um, and very embarrassed to, you know, now I feel like a freaking warrior. <laughs> and um, and you are. I think Lacey does too. <laughs> yeah, both of you are total warriors for sure. I just love the strength that you have together. I love seeing all of that. It was, I was in shock when I heard you guys had the same exes. I'm like, does that even happen? <laughs> Because the the guy lies about the other one so badly that you know you think oh my gosh she's a freaking nutcase, <laughs> right? 
<clears throat> or how could she be so mean? Or how could she have done that? You know, how could she have hurt him so badly? You know, that's just mean and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's beautiful. I love you guys. I think it's wonderful. And I think it's beautiful what you have. And I, I truly hope that more women reach out to um, the axes or, you know, take consideration of doing so, in fact, and to to enhance healing personally is what I think. But I want to thank you guys so much for being on my show tonight. You're wonderful. I love you. We love you, Shereen. Okay, you have a good night. And I'm going to close this show, and then we're going to head out. I love you. Love you, too. Have a good night. Love you. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. In closing, I want to thank my guests tonight and appreciate their insight about their experience. And just as a reminder, there's a two-day domestic violence conference in southern Utah, which will be at no cost for those who would like to attend on June 1st and 2nd. And to register, just check out the website at dvaconference.com. My next guest in two weeks will be Lisa Lee, and she'll be discussing rewiring the brain and developing a healthy relationship. And this is Shireen, and I'm signing out saying thank you for joining me tonight. <laughs>